been raised on the international conference Global Crisis is already affects everyone, which was held on July 24, 2021, on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement. Thanks to volunteers of Alatra International Public Movement, this conference was simultaneously translated into 72 languages around the world, including the signed language. The broadcast was live around the world on thousands of media channels and multiple platforms, numerous social media, podcasts, websites, and many other internet resources, radio stations, internet and TV channels. Topics of vital importance was raised at this conference. And let's now watch a short video about this conference. Modern civilization has entered the stage of instability and global crisis. The future has already arrived. In the field of artificial intelligence, I really understand that today we see tremendous opportunities and possibilities. We will have human-level intelligence in terms of problem-solving and that we could have that pretty soon. And in the consumer society we live in today, it will leave us jobless. Hello, you are fired. Every owner of some corporation will create a number of machines, fill it with artificial intelligence, so a human being will simply become out of demand in this chain. Millions of people around the world have already become climate refugees. The events are developing at a shocking speed. The force of cataclysms is growing in progression. Their frequency is increasing every day. What you can see here is in red are the amount of this particular uh, uh, characteristic of uh, the planet, you know, that is left. And we can see that in many cases, we have lost more than 60, 50, 60, 70 percent of this particular ecosystem or species. We're eating our planet. Maybe it's time we realize our responsibility and solve our problems together. Because sudden large-scale natural disasters occur on the planet on a daily basis. And there are fewer and fewer safe places. Soon everyone will be hungry, barefoot, naked. Because of consumerism, we are the generation that will see it through. Either we can stand up to it or it will end with us. One hundred eighty countries on the platform of Alatra International Public Movement. It is broadcast live on thousands of YouTube and other streaming channels. Moreover, thanks to volunteers from around the world who understand the importance of this event, the conference is simultaneously translated into 72 languages. The main value in a creative society is human life, your life, the life of your children, your loved ones. Only together can we find solutions. And we all want peace and happiness. And together 
we can create this world. So friends, as you see, it's very crucial topics was raised on this conference. Only together we can unite and survive. Only together we can find solutions for build this world and make it a better and beautiful place for all of us to live. So please join us for the next conference, which has already been entitled and called Global Crisis, A Time for Truth. It is scheduled right now for December the 4th this year. So please check on our Unites.com website, the information about this. Thank you. Thank you, Ala. Um, friends, thank you guys for being here with us. As you see, today we're continuing our conversation that was brought up at the conference Global Crisis This Already Affects Us, in which we considered and discussed uh, the prospects of our survival and how and what we will choose as one humanity as one population of 7.9 billion people and what will be our future based upon that choice. And many people uh, discussed this at that conference and uh, we're going to continue that discussion today. So without further ado, um, I'm going to read off the names of uh, our guests here today. Uh, and they're gonna go ahead and discuss just a few short words about themselves and introduce themselves. Um, so please, uh, starting with Yosef, uh, can you please introduce yourself and say a few words and then we'll move uh, around the table. Thank you. Hi, my name is Yosef Yomtov and I'm the director and founder of World Peace Tracks, uh, which is a diplomatic uh, peace organization focused on a formula to bring peace through understanding. Thank you for everyone joining. It's good to be with you. Thank you, Yosef. Look forward to speaking with you. Uh, now we'll move on to Terry. Terry Nichols, can you please introduce yourself, say a few short words, and we'll keep moving around the table. Hello, I'm Ambassador Terry Earthwind Nichols. Uh, I am a, a businessman uh, who runs a global company uh, out of states. I'm an author, uh, published international speaker, and world peace environmentalist. And uh, my journey in life is uh, to bring all of us back together as one people. And uh, this organization is certainly one of those organizations that can assist us all becoming one people again. And I thank you for this invitation to be here today. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Sylvan. Uh, Roshan, can you please introduce yourself, please? Hello, everybody. My name is Sylvain Roshan. I'm an uh, international public speaker. I'm a futurist and also an entrepreneur um, with a lot of different businesses <laughs> and not-for-profits. Uh, and my goal is basically to engineer paradise, so build a better future uh, for us all that we can uh, all um, live united all together in peace and harmony. Thank you so much. Look forward to speaking with you all. And uh, can we have Dr. Ali, can you please introduce yourself? 
Yes, hi, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I am Dr. Amina Ali. I am a, a U.S. Army veteran, Gulf War uh, veteran, and I also uh, just recently retired as uh, February of 2020 with 30 years in obstetrical and gynecological medicine. I am, um, I retired to accept my role in the World Health Organization, working with the UN and working with UN Women in Gambia specifically um, to right the wrongs of what it is that's happening with the undeveloped and underdeveloped communities of women needing maternal and rural maternal uh, health and wellness. So thank you so very much for having me. And I look forward to working with you even more extensively in the future. Well, thank you so much. Make sure you stick around so we can have a conversation after this as well. Um, Mahesh Panyam, can you please introduce yourself, please? Sorry. I'm working on uh, environmental impact assessment and pollution issue in uh, my state and my country. I'm an observer at the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. I'm also an observer at United Nations Environmental Program. And uh, we have also a, a kind of special consultative status uh, on uh, eco uh, stock of United Nations uh, being. Uh, so I'm an environmental activist and basically uh, I'm monitoring the situation uh, of environmental pollution in my country. Thank you. Thank you well, thank you much. all so much. Allah, please. Yes, thank you very much, friends, for joining us here today at this round table because it's very important for all of us to understand what threats is coming upon us as humanity and overcomes them. So I'd love to ask you, uh, could you please share with us what the topic of the conference do you remember the most and why? To share with us your understandings, your insights when you gained watching this conference. And we can, can we please start with uh, Mr. Yumtov? Could you please start with sharing with us? Sure, I uh, was struck by the challenge to the human family uh, to rectify the situation that we find ourselves. And I believe that uh, we all have an important role uh, to play. And I hope that we will all uh, step up uh, uh, to do that. And I believe that that is going to be uh, more harmony within ourselves, within our relationships, and within the world around us. Because I do believe that uh, much of, if not all of the problems uh, today are actually uh, symptoms of the disharmony. Thank you very much for your insights and your right. We need to create harmonious models for all of us. So please, um, who else would love to share this uh, viewing and understanding? Maybe Dr. Ali, maybe you could share with us. I heard a piece of that and I think it broke up. All I heard was Dr. Ali, you can share with us. So could you repeat that, please? Of course, could you please share with us uh, your thoughts, your understandings, your insight about the conference? which is just um, the start of the day, last start of the day. What do you think? What understandings you gain while watching it? Yeah, um, that there is a big need for cultural competence and strategic planning. Um, what I got from that is that there is a need for us to be a little bit more prepared as a people um, so that tragedies don't befall us so much. Uh, for example, if we're already competent in, let's say, mental health, 
uh, awareness and the, the needed um, uh, aspects of mental health. When we deal with tragedies, it won't be it won't befall us as such a hardship after the fact because we're already strong or prepared in mental health, mental wellness, that type thing prior to. Um, so the strategic planning, um, as far as what I'm doing now based on the conference, is making sure that everyone has their needs met before catastrophe strikes. So this is huge for me, and I think it's a part of my military training to kind of be ready uh, before crisis hits. So I think this is where I'm going to delve into uh, more business adaptations moving forward. Thank you very much. And uh, Jason, maybe you have another question. Uh, you know, um, maybe anyone else would like to also share their insights so far, you know, uh, of how uh, did you gain any information? Was anything new? Um, do you have any new ideas that have happened since then um, that can bring us together and further inform each other, right? Because being informed is forewarned. And if we're forewarned, then we can prepare together and uh, actionalize uh, our creative solutions that are surely out there between 7.9 billion people. So whoever wants to take that, by all means, please answer that for me. If I may, um... I think that's the uh, one of the takes I had when watching the conference. The um, just the very topic of global crisis by title uh, it evokes fear, right? Um, it's scary. <laughs> Lots of things are happening. Uh, things are getting exacerbated in nature. We've been we've had warning signs for a long time, and um, people right now, both because of the climate change issues, but also technology issues. You know the uh, the job losses that are looming. I know in 2019, uh, at the end of the year in Canada, there was a survey made uh, among Canadians. This is pre-pandemic, right? Uh, about whether or not people uh, of all walks of life and industries they were afraid of losing their job to technology. Over 80% of Canadians said they were. It's not only the McDonald workers, it was the engineers and the scientists. So there's all this fear, right, about what's, uh, what's happening because it's, there's a lot of uncertainty around it. And uncertainty causes fear as well. So uh, I think the big takeaway for me, watching all this uh, unfold and this information is to talk about fear. Um, because if we want to plan, we have to shed our fear of what's happening. We have to sit down, take decisions instead of being frantic about it and, and go a bit, a bit crazy because I know that can cause disasters. And um, as a futurist, what I can tell, um, and a lot of it was actually expressed, maybe not explicitly in the, uh, in, in the conference, but knowing the technologies that are available, knowing what do we understand about the universe and the planet and the assets we have, which is human assets and you know, technological assets and, and systems, we can actually fix almost every one problem that was mentioned ourselves within the next few years. The issue is not the issue of resources. The issue is willingness and systems. Right? The systems are in place. Like, there's a lot of talk about the consumerism uh, system. That is a major problem. The economic system is based on human work and pr being productive. 
And there's a lot of fear in that too. If you don't work, you you can't survive. So people are not focused on helping each other and doing the environmental work. They're focused on just putting food on the table. And if they and that paralyzes the majority of people. So we have to change the economic system to, to just managing the resources that are limited on the planet and collaborating together to manage all that stuff to solve the problems. So there's also a mindset problem. And there's, of course, the governance issues, which are, uh, I'm sorry to say, 19th century. Uh, and we need an update uh, into the governance system to make it people-centric, uh, reactive to, to individual uh, needs in different areas. These are all things that we can do. It's not something that's out of reach or unknown. So in a way, what I because I know all this in my head, because I talk about this all the time, and, and I've I, I published many articles in, in my book as well, um, I, I feel a lot of hope because if, if there was no solution, maybe I would be hopeless. But the solutions are in front of us. All, all that is needed is, is organizations like Alatra and some of my organizations and also Yosef's organization and, <laughs> and uh, you know, we have a couple of doctors here, Amina and other organizations to kind of work together, collaborate and create the changes that we know we need and we can just do it. Yeah, thank you so well much. Well said, well said. Thank you so much. Yeah, well said. Thank you very much. And uh, love to also ask maybe something Mr. Nichols would love to join and um, add to this conversation. Mr. Nichols, what was for you that most memorable moments and understandings during the watching the conference? Could you please tell us and share it with us? To continue what Mr. Rilchance uh, just said is there's... Um, we, we evolved, we're humans, we evolved, we are in, and we are in another place, you know, the Bronze Age and the Gold Age, and then, then we're in the age of AI, and each one of those represents massive change. And when massive change comes, the word fear comes through, because the unknown is much more scary than what we already know and are suffering through just as human beings. Uh, key words that I've heard today are collaboration, okay? We come together as a people. And when we come together as a people, we look at what is going on in societally and globally in a different way. And we look at it uh, with hope and renewed interest. Uh, one of the, one of the, Great things that I, I work uh, in a global organization where uh, right here online, we stop PTSD, suicide ideation, all those kinds of things in a question and answer sequence. We won't go into that detail, but uh, we already work online. All of us are here from all over the world talking in real time right now. Okay, we walk around with cell phones that are more powerful than an IBM computer 50 years ago. Okay, a massive room full of chained uh, together computing systems are not as powerful as what I walk around with in my mobile office. What is key to the global crisis is uh, what I've already heard and, and I mirror. We can change this very quickly. The earth will evolve very quickly with us or without us. Okay, the key here is coming together and, do, and helping it evolve back to a sustainable 
world climate, a world that, that can take care of us as we take care of it. It's a mutual, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a coming together. So that's important. Thank you for Very listening. Very simple and important, isn't it? To join together in common, let's say, common effort. Join hands. We can create better conditions for everything. We can prepare for what's coming upon us. And I would love to also just uh, to hear from Mr. Pandyak. Could you please share your insights about uh, this conference? What the most was the memorable moment for you? Could you please share with us now? Mr. Panja, Manesh, could you please share with us? Hello, huh? yes. yes. Could you please share? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, basically, uh, I mean, uh, today is the uh, World Nature Conservation Day. And that is the appropriate day to discuss uh, on the ecology and the environmental degradation and uh, global crisis. Uh, I mean, uh, my worry is that I mean not about the this global crisis and all that because it is we created the situation, not the nature created the situation. So uh, we must have to bring back our natural lifestyle. If the today everything we are dependent on the electricity. If the electricity is not there, then our everything activities uh, stop immediately. Recently in my state. Uh, the Taute uh, cyclone has come and uh, the, all the electric pole and everything fall down. So for 20 days, there was no electricity in all such coastal areas. So everything is stopped because now nowadays there is no pond remain, no full-time river uh, is there. So it is a first problem. How to get the drinking water if the electricity is not there? Number two. Because uh, everything, uh, our, we have the food system, cooking food system. So all our the, uh, kind of grinding machine and everything uh, is not functioning. So people, food is there, uh, I mean grain is there, uh, vegetable is there, even though the people are not able to uh, eat because we have the cooking system and everything is run by the electricity and all. Uh, so in such scenario, uh, we must have to come back to our natural life. I'm not telling that change everything overnight, but we gradually uh, should learn how to sustain without the electricity. But but the today's situation, because I'm staying uh, on ninth floor uh, in my residential building. Now the electricity is not there, then what happened? Uh, if I'm a young, uh, uh, then I can move here and there. Uh, but if there is all these people uh, without the elevators or the lift. It is difficult to uh, uh, go down or if any emergency or all. Uh, so the global crisis. I mean, we must have to conserve our uh, ecology, our nature, and try to minimize the use of natural resources. You heard uh, the name of uh, Mahatma Gandhi, uh, and we awarded him as a uh, father of nation of India. Uh, Mr. Gandhi was telling that this earth has everything for all living uh, entity, but not uh, to greed of anyone. And that is why uh, in 1930, when our in Gujarat uh, in Andamar is flowing full fledged, even though he is taking one bucket of water 
and bath, take a small glass of water for the brushing. And at that 1930, there was no global crisis or no climate change or no pollution issue, even though he was concerning the water. And someone asked that Mr. Babu, Mr. Mahatma, why you are so, I mean, serious about the uh, water conservation? And uh, he told that this water is not for me. And now, coming days, it's going to be a crisis. Uh, so this is the crisis now happening. And today the world nature uh, conservation day. So my appeal uh, to all that uh, conserve nature, use the minimum resources. And I'm thankful to this uh, uh, organizer to have this kind of round table, uh, which spread out the message across the world. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, for your words and your feedback. And before we move on and we continue with this round table, let's cover a couple of things that were discussed. Uh, firstly, thank you guys for all of you and, and Dr. Uh, Ali for your feedback. Um, before our audience, let me recap what we have discussed today so far and how it applies to the conference. Uh, we discussed uh, the, the economic trend and the need to move away from consumer society to a creative society, a vector that creates uh, and empowers uh, and provides equity for all people on the planet uh, and, and works for all people on the planet. And that led into uh, systems, uh, how we need to use new systems to approach uh, and provide a solution uh, for the way out towards climate change. Uh, and then not just hopium, but real belief and practicality of uh, a human's ability uh, to get things done if huh, the goal is present, right? So we're all here discussing the goal uh, so far, and that goal is to unite, come together, and answer these problems together while also challenging um, the last 6,000 years of our human history that, that got us to this point. So this is the wonderful discussion we're having, and it's necessary um, because as the conference on July 24th, global crisis this already affects everyone, showed us the world in which we live in, in which we will live tomorrow, uh, is dictated by our choice today. Uh, and each person on this planet and their choice and what vector or direction they choose to go with this choice. So without uh, any more explanations, um, I have another question for you all. Uh, Sylvan, um, how do you see the realities of today and the future prospects of humanity based upon today's current situation? Uh, again, I have a hopeful view. Um, so today's situation is, as always, will evolve, like to uh, take Terry's uh, expression. Um, and it'll evolve guided by our hand, just like it always has. So we have uh, more and more influence on the planet as we deploy as more access to more energy resources. So we have to be aware of the impact we are, uh, we're having on the planet at, uh, at a global scale. And that is something we can actually measure. Can measure that impact? And if we can measure that impact, we can actually synergize with nature um, because it also has cycles and regeneration on its own. And if we impact it more than it can regenerate, that's where we get into a pickle like we're in now. 
But if we calculate and, uh, and manage our relationship with nature in such a way that we allow it to regenerate and, and bring it back to uh, slowly into a, to a more natural state, we'll be better off. Um, and this requires coordination and more than just between people, because we are terrible workers, generally speaking. We are terrible at data. Uh, because that's a lot of information to understand nature. It's all these balances are extremely complex. But fortunately, we created something that's really great at doing that. <laughs> Robotics, AI, computing, right? So we can create a system that essentially it becomes a layer between us and nature, a, a data layer, if you would, if you're, you guys are, are in software, that measures what nature needs and what we need and to, to tell us, well, how much of something should we extract from, uh, from the planet and how. And we can measure all that so that we can still be productive and get all the food on the table in an efficient way. And typically that means social change and systemic change so that we don't lose 30%, 30% of the food we produce and just throw it away while other people are hungry elsewhere. Right, but which is which is one of the issues, but we can be extremely efficient with our how we 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 deal with a planet with limited resources and limited productivity. But we can create that harmony using technology that allows us to not really be personally involved in figuring out all the complexities of the of the planet Earth, but being more more focused on mindset and changing our minds and evolving as a civilization into something more positive. Uh, and just getting the outputs from the from the, the software saying, oh, okay, we need to cut down on this because nature needs a break and needs to rejuvenate. And then we can act according to that instead of like spending our time doing the analysis, which we're not good at. Um, so we can we can develop a society that is in fact highly technological, highly advanced, very productive, so that we can self-fulfill our own individual uh, creative selves and live in harmony and, and, and be self-actualizing, build businesses if we want to, all that stuff, while nature is actually healthy. Uh, we have the means in, which would help enormously nature um, to essentially produce everything we need, like food products, inside our communities using vertical farms, cultured meats, uh, pr production, which is really, really cheap right now, uh, generating our own, our own water from the air instead of other more complex and polluting ways, uh, energy locally, all that stuff. And then nature around cities, around communities can just grow. Like the far we, traditional farms can go away and we, it, trees can grow there and things like, and animals can regain their habitats. This is something that we can do. Uh, and I have produced several articles that are talking about this, and I'm not the only one talking about this. So there's, in the future, there is a vision where we can be extremely environmental friendly and, and not miss out on anything, because that's something people don't want to leave something on the table they already have, right? We, we have convenience, we have customization. People want to evolve, yeah, but, with, but without losing anything they already have gained. We can actually do that. Um, so you can imagine a, a world where you got your cities, but it's surrounded by forests. And it's the most advanced civilization uh, of, in human humankind, but we're in harmony with the natural state. Uh, 
you know, Carl Sagan used to call this planet, uh, you know, the, uh, the planet like spaceship Earth, right? Because it's a it's it's a closed system. It's limited. It's everything that happens in there stays in there, and what happens in India happens here. What we do here also impacts China, and so on. Um, so it's not a question of awareness. People know this, but they're not in a position to really act on that. Because we have the, the systems that we have in place freeze us into a mode of survivalism. Uh, so most of my work right now and most of my focus with uh, several not-for-profits is, in fact, to change those systems. If we change the systems, especially the economic system and governing systems, we can get into a biological state of human being where we would be, we would be motivated to help each other to be in harmony with nature, without the chronic stress associated with survival, and that's uh, and that's the dream, and it's something we can achieve within the next ten to fifteen years. It takes time, but not that much, and just takes the willpower and collaboration to get it done. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Achon. You're absolutely right. We right now, as a humanity, facing lots of threats, and one of them is environmental problems. And uh, we need to actually take a look at it all together and realize what impact we are doing on our planet. And uh, you're right about the change in mindset and about collaborative work all together. But let's watch what reality of today. What is today our ecological situation on the planet look like? So please, let's watch this video now, which is going to show us what we live in right now, the situation. The Earth is a living organism, and everything in it is interconnected. The Earth is as much as an organism as a human, and it's just as vulnerable. Our illusion of happiness and well-being can be shattered in a moment. Eighty percent of lungs are damaged. Each year, the world loses about 10 million hectares of forest area, equivalent to 27 soccer fields per minute. In 2015, an estimated 50% of the planet's wild forest had gone. If the trend is not stopped, we will only have 10% of the world's original forest left by 2030. In addition to industrial logging, large numbers of forests are being destroyed by annual fires, abnormal weather phenomena, and acid rains. Forests are also being destroyed in the so-called green pursuit. For example, 9,000 trees have to be cut down to produce a year's supply of paper bags for just one retail store. 
Forests are known to provide oxygen, but they are also home to many species of animals and plants. Deforestation leads to soil erosion, reduced river water availability, and enhanced greenhouse effect. And despite the signing of the UN Declaration on Forest in 2014, which aims to have deforestation by 2020 and to stop it permanently by 2030, the global average annual gross tree cover loss has increased by 40% in recent years. If forests disappear, one-third of humanity, which is currently heavily dependent on forest and forest products, will suffer poverty and death. 75% of skin is affected. As of today, 75% of Earth's land area is already degraded as a result of human activity. By 2050, that figure could reach 90%. The main sources of soil contamination are industry, transport, agriculture, nuclear power, and huge areas of landfills. The production of environmentally friendly human health products is impossible on contaminated soil. Every year, 30 billion tons of fertile land are depleted worldwide. In other words, the equivalent of one soccer field of soil is eroded every five seconds. In the meantime, it can take up to a thousand years to produce one centimeter of fertile soil, which means we will not be able to increase the soil layer in our lifetime. Almost half of the topsoil on Earth has been depleted in the last 150 years. Land degradation leads to food shortages and famine. Currently, about 40% of the world's population is affected by land degradation. It is more than 3 billion people. Oxygen deficiency has been observed. Nine out of 10 people worldwide breathe polluted air. The main sources of anthropogenic air pollution are emissions by industrial plants, as well as all types of transport vehicles, thermal power plants, and waste incineration. Air pollution is one of the leading threats to child health, accounting for almost one in 10 deaths in children under five years of age. 24% of all deaths among adults are caused from heart diseases, 25% from stroke, 29% from lung cancer, all of which are induced by air pollution. Air pollution generated by burning fossil fuels is attributed to approximately 4.5 million premature deaths worldwide every year. The WHO estimates that air pollution kills more than 7 million people annually. Beaver badly damaged. Marshes are a giant natural filter that effectively absorbs carbon dioxide, dust, and toxic elements from water and air. Within one year, 
One hectare of swamp absorbs three tons of dust from the air and seven to 15 times more carbon dioxide than a hectare of forest and releases seven to 15 times more oxygen. Meanwhile, about 90% of wetlands have disappeared all over the world in the last 300 years. And now we continue to lose them three times faster than forest. Reasons for the disappearance of marshes are drainage for further agricultural use, urban expansion, and peat extraction. Swamps are being depleted as a result of water loss due to the wares and dams, construction, deforestation, and soil erosion. Contamination of marshes is caused by oil spills. Thus, the most important function of the marshes, cleansing the atmosphere, is impaired. If marshes stop absorbing CO2 from the atmosphere, its concentration will increase by 28% annually. Marshes are strategic storages of freshwater. Less than 1% of water on Earth is usable freshwater and is mostly stored in wetlands. The disappearance of marshes leads to a significant reduction in the supply of fresh water. The blood test is not good. 2.2 billion people around the world do not have access to safely managed drinking water. Water scarcity already affects four out of every 10 people. Globally, at least 1.8 billion people have to use a drinking water source contaminated with feces. 2.6 million people die each year of diseases relating to the water and an unsanitary environment. That's five deaths every minute. 297,000 children under five die annually from diarrheal diseases due to poor sanitation, poor hygiene, or unsafe drinking water. According to the UN report, World Water Development Report, by 2025, an estimated 5.5 billion people may be living in areas facing moderate to severe water stress. The deterioration of the water scarcity situation will lead to mass migrations and as a consequence to conflicts and wars over this natural resource. According to the estimates of the world's water portal of the Pacific Institute, between 2010 and 2019, worldwide, there have been 466 water-related conflicts of various scales. 36 of them were armed battles and 285 caused damage to water infrastructure. According to statistics, regions that had previously no problems with fresh water sources also find themselves in the zone of such conflicts. The researchers believe this trend will continue. The frequency of water conflicts will increase, affecting more and more countries. system is destroyed. Around 1 million animals and plants are threatened with extinction. The global biomass of wild mammals has fallen by 82%. In the past century alone, the number of species that
that have gone extinct is as much as it would normally take 10,000 years to accrue. The current rate of extinctions is now rapidly approaching that of about 70 million years ago, when the dinosaurs went extinct in the most terrible era for fauna. In 2018, biologists estimated that given the current extinction rate of mammals, it would take three to five million years to restore the planet's diversity. The disappearance of plant and animal species leads to the instability of ecosystems and consequently to the disruption of natural human habitats. From the UN report, the projected biodiversity loss will affect all people with particularly detrimental effects on indigenous peoples and local communities, as well as to the poorer and vulnerable groups, taking into account their dependence on biodiversity for their livelihoods. The vital signs of the body are sharply impaired. The patient is in a critical condition and brain tumor has been detected. The consumer lifestyle of humans is like a malignant tumor on the Earth's body. It is constantly growing, consuming and consuming, and taking everything it needs from the macroorganism for itself. It doesn't share, doesn't think about others, which results in the death of the organism along with the cancer tumor. If no global action is taken today, tomorrow it will be too late. The planet you live on is dying. The creative society is our only chance. So dear friends, as you've seen in this video, the situation is really critical. Our planet is dying day by day, minute by minute, and there's nothing we can do if we not unite. We need to unite in order to build a new format of society. In a way, how can we all, all together, let's say, get prepared for what's coming upon us? I'd like to ask Dr. Ali, because you are the one who is the advocate for the human rights. So Dr. Ali, do you think we are morally, legally, economically, and technologically prepared to face the inevitable climatic migration of millions of people. Do we have enough um, human values left in, our, in us as humanity to face those kind of threats? What do you think? Can you please share with us afterwards? Thank you. I'm so glad that someone added the human aspect to this conversation because that's where most of the fault lies. We didn't get to where we are through AI and the futurism that Dr. Rashawn spoke on. We got to where we are because of human error. And this is where I think it is very cataclysmic to what it is that we are dealing with locally and societally and globally. We did not do what we were supposed to do. Our strategic planning mechanism sucks. I'm just going to, like my daughter said to me the other day, it, it, it was designed for us to be more uh, versed in what it is that we needed to be, but we dropped the ball. We dropped the ball. Now we need AI. We need the suffrage of all of these new technologies to kind of get us back up to par to right the wrong or make the inference of what it is that we're doing. 
um, a little less daunting for the next generation, which is really why we need to do it because we messed up. We messed up. So understanding that is where this, this thing I push in all the circles that I'm in is cultural competency. What did we do as a people? Was it consumerism? Was it greed? Was it tyranny? Um, was it just ignorance? You know, we never realized how bad it was until it gets bad. You know, what is it that we are understanding in this human faction of, of fault? Now, you know, most of us, the, the guilt and the torments of, of shame doesn't really want us to per, uh, point a finger. Uh, we saw this first in the, the globalization of um, indentured servitude or slavery or those type things. We didn't want to admit that that was happening. Then when it was happening, it was beneficial financially. And then once we realized that it really wasn't beneficial to anybody, any bottom line in the real scheme of the word, now we don't want to admit to faults in bringing that forward. Same thing happened with climate control. We didn't, we, we had a plan, but the plan really wasn't succinct with anything. It was more just putting it out there to make it seem like that we're more universal and more um, habitual in keeping the environment in queue. Then we had the, the Bernie Sanders that came through that was just so on the cusp of doing things. And, um, um, and we wanted this, this environmental view to be uh, a thing of the future. Um, and then we got into technology and AI and we thought, oh, well, maybe we can use this in, in climate control and climate change and wind and solar and, and, you know, footprint. And we started using vernacular that was so in vogue, but yet really didn't mean anything. It wasn't pushing us anywhere because we're still in the same position. And now we're in this thing where we're seeing the humanistic thing is just talk, but the land is still eroding. And then you, you got you know, hectares of, of trees being eroded every day. And you just mentioned that on television right here, that this still is happening. So what is all of this for? We can put AI into this, but AI is artificial intelligence, which means that there is a unique and organic intelligence that's still not into play. If we have to create an alternative realm, we need to fix the original realm. And I think there's an organic tweaking that we need to do to pivot in a direction that allows artificial intelligence to be more defined. So we have to put the human form back into the human place. And we have to see that even if we unite, if we're still greedy, if we're still tyrannical, if we're still uh, into the capitalism and consumerism, we're still going to be where we are. So we have to shift in the mindset of the organic intelligence to realize that there has to be a better plan before we incorporate an, or, uh, an alternative or an AI uh, intelligence. And I think that this has to do with the fact that we are not ready to, get, to come there yet. We're ready to talk about it and put on all these platforms and, and realize what we're doing and have all of these experts. I don't like that word. But we have all these people that think that they are just more learned than most people in that, that thing. And we're still having soil erosion. We're still having trees. You know, it, it, it just doesn't make sense. If we're such a good take on the problem and we have such good data and there's there's forensics in this, and there is um, a feasibility uh, studies doing, why are we still here? Why did that gentleman just tell me yesterday, day before yesterday, on a, a, um, on a call that we had, that there are two icebergs that'll probably be, be gone in the next 20 years. Two icebergs that have been here for millennia will probably be gone in the next 20, 30 years. Like, how does that happen if we're really doing what we say we're doing? How does that happen if we really are putting in the work that we are calling ourselves to do. We got de degrees on the wall, but we're still not putting in what those degrees are calling us to do. So the mission is a humanistic, very 
um, austere responsibility for us as humans. If we're putting all of these advantageousness in place, we need to put the human aspect in view so that we are giving this as a cue to our children. When we're doing a we're doing a piss poor job. We're doing a piss poor job, and it's because the cultural competence, the strategic planning, and the humanistic approach to the futurism that Dr. Rashawn was talking about is not there. It's not. It is it's seen and it's understood and it's probable, but it's thematic at best. And we just have to be a little bit more stronger in what we're doing on the ground and what we're preaching about in, in a thematic sense. Thank you very much, Dr. Ali. And you're absolutely right. We need to relook on our attitude at first and uh, carry the social responsibilities for every single action, vote and decision we're making towards humanity, society, and all the ecological system and the climate change as well. So and I'd love to also ask uh, Mr. Yumtov, maybe you can something add to that uh, statement as well. And what do you think about this? And how can we change the situation in the world right now? What do you think? Thank you. Well, I believe that we need to come together uh, politically as a human species and uh, assert our humanity upon the uh, uh, global situation, the, the world climate situation. We can't ignore the elephant in the room that, that there really are bad actors. Uh, companies like Monsanto that are releasing genetically modified organisms that infect other uh, crops are, are a disaster. Uh, CRISPR technology allowing anybody to genetically modify any biological uh, entity and release it into the wild, which will displace uh, natural fish, natural fauna with insane uh, creatures. Uh, uh, average human beings wouldn't think about uh, uh, torturing uh, uh, animals in laboratories, but uh, we have to recognize that uh, our leaders, our corporate captains uh, are, are psychopaths and, uh, uh, and, and that we as compassionate average human beings who want to provide for ourselves and wouldn't think of destroying our environment um, uh, have to contend with uh, superhuman entities such as corporations uh, who pollute our waters, who limit and steal our speech, our human rights. Um, and, and we can see that with big tech uh, uh, not allowing us to have a conversation uh, online. And uh, these are the kind of things that we need to come together as a human species. And I believe uh, a, a trans-border uh, political party uh, which I'm speaking as an individual and not as a capacity as a director uh, of, of a world peace organization, but as an individual, I have an, an opinion. And, and my opinion is that uh, we need to come together politically and to counter the bad actors that are uh, polluting our waters, that are limiting our conversation. Thank you so much, Yosef. Um, already now, Every single person is facing uh, all of these challenges, right? And it's, it's, it's one of those things where 6,000 years of living in this, humanity as a whole has to address every single one of these facets that 
uh, as, as Dr. Ali put it, culturally become culturally competent because we have to address everything that has become egregious to all types of people, and it must be addressed by all people at one time. And it's such a fascinating time, but I think we can do it. Uh, so thank you again for uh, your feedback on that. Um, my next question is for uh, Mr. Panyam. Uh, how important is it uh, with what you've heard today uh, to raise the topic of uh, ecology or ecological impact within our society and in keeping in line with what we discussed how can we actionalize that conversation moving forward? Uh, thank thank you. you very much. That is a good question. And uh, really, again, I'm thankful to this organizer uh, to have this kind of round time uh, conference because today's urgent need for that. Uh, in India, we have a uh, constitution and under Article 51AG, our constitution says that it is a duty of each and every citizen we have to conserve, protect our environment, our ponds, our forest, our everything. So, conservation of the ecology. Uh, but you know that the global crisis is on. I mean, there is no need to explain because the video says and uh, our all experts uh, panels also explain a little bit uh, this thing. But for me, it is like, uh, uh, again, um, uh, yourself and uh, Dr. Ali already told that it's a human rights issue. I agree with it. It's a human rights issue. It's a climate injustice issue. Uh, now, the ecology is uh, disturbing uh, because of this uh, global crisis. Uh, for example, I will put the example of the India. So, uh, because it is my uh, first hand information, and so uh, I'm uh, in uh, India as a case study. Like we are in developing countries and we are trying to uh, reach uh, to superpower. And our target is uh, to reach a 5 trillion American dollar economy. And that is why, uh, of course, we are, uh, I mean, my, my country is uh, agreed upon to the Paris Agreement and all the United Nations Agreement about the sustainable development goal and human rights and everything. But actually, we are behind the uh, industrial growth and due to the industrial growth we are not honestly speaking not consuming our environment we are degrading our forest our land and uh, you see the, our most of the uh, indian rivers uh, are polluted because the industrial affluent is discharging uh, and also we do not have the Serious treatment plants so the domestic waste is also water is also uh, discharging into the water bodies. So more than forty percent our uh, surface water uh, is polluting. Now another issue is uh, this is the issue and one hand is the global crisis of the climate change, uh, the whatever the cyclone or uh, earthquake or uh, typhoon or the tsunami, whatever. And this is impacted to the ecology. Like uh, recently the flood has come. So the farmers uh, uh, destroyed their uh, kind of crops and land and everything. So now they are directly impacted on this. Uh, recently this uh, cyclone occurred and all the communities, those who are depending on the fishing business, uh, the fishermen, they are now became poor and poor. They lost their... Uh, 
kind of investors they lost the uh, houses uh, and in the pollution also the fish case is not getting and uh, 6% the fish production is also uh, reduced uh, so uh, why why am talking about the ecological balance uh, earlier it was 33% of the forest cover in india is a rich forest but today uh, only hardly we can say the 8% of the forest cover is there now in the country like india the 60% peoples are dependent on uh, natural resources uh, they depend on the forest they depend on the ocean they depend on the agriculture and everything but with the industrialization and uh, climate change crisis uh, the most of the poor people and those who are dependent on the traditional business like the malgari uh, i mean those who are the uh, animal keeper uh shepherds uh they are in trouble right now because um, due to the over rain or due to the uh mess of rain uh, they are suffering a lot uh so the ecology is the main uh, like rightly uh, uh, pointed out in the video that uh, due to the industrial pollution and all the most of the uh, the people here uh, they damage their lungs and the corona period the most of the indian people was suffering of the deficiency of oxygen and we do not have a uh, oxygen supply enough and the number of the people dies because of the deficiency in the oxygen in the corona period uh, so that is why the ecology is important and why it is happening because the most of the forest cover are reduced the the the, the carbon emission uh, um, is uh, reduced by the forest cover but uh, one hand we got that thing on the other hand uh, um, there is a uh, industrial pollution of their pollution of the water pollution so this is a, a basically uh, issue but now my my point is about the policy uh, one hand i have right to raise the environmental protection my indian constitutions given me duty fundamental duty to conserve my forest but one hand if i am raising the issues of the industrial pollution or the degradation of the forest or deforestation of the forest any political parties government they are blaming that all this kind of activists activists they are anti development they are anti nation and one or another cases they are trying to harass uh, the human rights defender and what why we are the protecting the environment or the ecology and all because our poor poor people our vulnerable communities are suffering from that and it is our humble duty uh, to protect them to protect our ecology but when we trying to uh, protect the environment and the government any government any political party government the blaming that the uh, people are uh, anti social kind of thing or anti development kind of thing or anti religion kind of thing and they are creating a bad image of us and uh, in number of the cases the environmental activists or the human rights defenders are behind the bar this is the situation uh, and it is not in india most of the developing countries and under development countries this is happening so for me this is a climate uh, uh, injustice situation uh, and the number of the people are losing their livelihood because of the ecological degradation uh, i already told that the 60% people in india are dependent directly or indirectly on the natural resources they do not have their own land they do not have their own farm and they are dependent on the common grazing land or common waste land 
But nowadays, due to the industrial process and infrastructure development and all that, the most of the government land or the grazing land or the common properties get taken away. And that is why the, the those who are dependent on the natural resources, they are now becoming jobless. Uh, and that is why the ecological issue is important by the uh, it is a really climate injustice or the human rights issue uh, in a country like India. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Panda, for your insights and for your understanding how important is that today and now to change uh, the format of society, change our attitude, to change everything, because uh, we all depend on the oxygen, we all depend on the natural resources, we all depend on each other as well, and every single country is interconnected, and we all need to unite together in order to overcome all these global catastrophes. And one of the ways, because we're living in a very challenging time, and everybody understands that right now, is to create conditions that uh, technology, technologically it could help us. So the development of technology in creative society can help humanity survive global cataclysms. And my next question will be to Mr. Nichols. Please, uh, could you tell us uh, how the development of AI will help us and what role does the unification of human humanity's uh, scientific potential play in, the, in this process? What do you think? Well, artificial intelligence uh, serves to assist us in many ways. Uh, there are robots right now who can do very delicate surgery uh, in London on a patient, and the doctor operating the robotic system could be in Bangladesh. Those are terrific opportunities. Uh, the way we live and how we live on a day-to-day -day basis, AI is, a, is a, a mainstay in that operation. How we choose as a society to embrace AI into the next evolution of humans and humanity on this earth is really a decision each of us make today and every day. Uh, how often we use the cell phone that we carry around with us. How uh, often do we use the electronic thermostat to keep it uh, cool in our home or warm in our home? Those types of things uh, were to, built to uh, make our lives easier. And they have contributed to making the life on Earth very complicated. We as a whole, starting with each of us here today and all of you who will listen to us, we get to make a decision on what's good for us first. And it's not being selfish, but you if you don't have inner peace, you can't give peace, okay? It doesn't work that way. So I get to make a conscious decision to change the way I live in this world and how I support others who live in this world so that we can begin to make the change uh, that will save what there is left of the earth. And so its natural evolution can start to rebuild our future. And that's not going to be easy. There's a lot of people out there uh, who think the uh, profit line is much more important than somebody's health in another country or around the corner. Well, that gets to change too. 
And that changes with every one of these wonderful meetings that we do everywhere in the world every day. And we're doing it more and more and more. Look at the reach of Alatra. Okay. Look at the reach of the internet. There is very few places on earth where you cannot uh, get to the internet, even with a satellite communication. Okay. So a lot has changed uh, for the better of communication. We just don't communicate. Okay. That gets to change. That is very, very important. Thank you. Thank you so much, uh, Mr. Nichols, for your feedback on that. And I absolutely agree with you. And we're going to move on to uh, another question, uh, really moving forward to another video. Uh, Ms. Helena Norberg um, did an interview filmed in preparation for this conference. And we'll discuss how a holistic understanding of the problem and solutions to these problems uh, should be presented for us. So without further ado, can we please see the video? My name is Helena Norberg-Hodge, and I'm very happy to be able to speak to you today. Our work in my organization, Local Futures, has been to try to disseminate an understanding, a holistic understanding of what we can do as humanity today. How can we come together to collaborate, to move in a different direction? We are in an extremely dangerous situation because this path is threatening all of life, we are not being told clearly enough that our health is deteriorating. For the first time in America now, the younger generation will live less long than their parents. And this is because of the foods and the toxic chemicals that come out of the food industry. Foods have been created for their transportability. So trans fats have been created where fat is heated up till it becomes toxic to the human body. It destroys our liver, it destroys our digestion. This is all in order to be able to transport the food and keep it on the shelf longer. We have high fructose corn syrup, which has been created as an artificial sweetener and that is again toxic for the body and it's deeply addictive. So there's an epidemic of diabetes and obesity and heart conditions and cancer epidemics, all of them going up. And this is because of the environmental impact and the impact on our food that is now having an effect on our health. We hear a lot about climate and climate is also affected. It's very frightening, but don't, don't listen to the mainstream discussion of climate. Because as I said earlier, it's been chosen as a way of creating a type of fear that then is leading to solutions that are not solutions. So we need a holistic understanding to understand that the environmental crisis is an absolute emergency. And it's an emergency that is so clearly taking its toll on our health. But from our point of view, it's vital that when you communicate this, please ensure that you make it clear to people that the ecological costs 
are cause to our health, but more importantly, that the ecological crisis is completely linked to the economic crisis that's making more and more people have to work harder and harder just to have a roof over their head, just to put food on the table. The majority of humanity, and we are talking about more than 99%, is having to run faster and faster, work harder and harder, longer and longer months. The average American is now working much more than one month more per year um, than they did in the 60s. We have a situation where the crisis in the ecological sphere is completely connected to the crisis in the human sphere. So we need to put out that holistic message so that we don't divide the human race into different groups, some who care more about the environment, others who care more about poverty. They are linked, and that's, that's a wonderful truth. It's a wonderful truth that to change things, we can collaborate across all the various sectors that algorithms in the social media are now creating. We can come across the barriers of race, whether you're indigenous or not, male, female, whichever country you're in. We're talking about global crises that are affecting us locally everywhere. So we have every reason to come together to solve this together. Even if your only concern is about plastic or about refugees or about poverty, loss of democracy, the, what's happening to our youth and the, the suicide rate, the epidemic of depression and anxiety, all of these issues are linked. That's a really positive message because it does mean that we could create the biggest movement the world has ever known because we're talking about a movement that's going to benefit the entire human race. And the way to come together is to come together at the local level to start taking action, but at the local level, continue with the educational work continue with these conferences, continue to build up the creative society movement so that more and more people realize that there is a genuine, real, practical way forward. We would love to say thank you for dear Helena to brought up all these topics again and understandings and solutions. What can we all together do? How can we move forward towards creative society? And uh, I'd love to say, please, dear friends, write a comment with uh, one of the topics uh, explaining today in this roundtable. Maybe you have another topics you would like to actually trade up on the next roundtables as well. We would love to hear at our uh, roundtables, uh, all of your views, all of your opinions, all of your issues, what you think about. And uh, don't forget, please, to share the conference itself, global crisis. This already affects everyone, with every, with every person you know, with your friends, colleagues, with your family members, with everyone you, you know, because this is our life in line right now. Survival of all humanity depends on every single of us.
So now I would love to thank every single speaker today who was participating in this uh, beautiful conversation. So thank you, dear friends, for your insights, for your understanding, for your deep understanding of what's happening with our world right now, what all, all of us need to do together. And the most important is that uh, we only can do it all together in order to survive, in order to live a better world for future generations. Not the one we're having right now, which is dying planet. We can create a beautiful and blooming plant all together with joint effort. So I'd like to say thank you, everyone, and invite every single person in uh, for next conference, which is will be called um, Global Crisis. It's uh, time to truth. Please, it will be held on the scheduled for 4th of December this year. So please uh, keep watching our website, avatreunites.com. Please join the Creative Society project on avatreunites.com. And let's together unite and change this world, change towards a better, better world for all of us, because we deserve to live in a better world. We deserve to live uh, as real human beings, and we can save our planet all together on the enjoyed effort. So thank you very much, everyone. Love to just uh, say say that, and uh, maybe um, Jason, you would like add something as well. And, uh, no, thank you all for being here. We appreciate your time and attention, and and sharing your understandings with the global community. Look forward to working with you all moving forward. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. We keep in touch, and we still continue. And we'll continue on that um, topics of around tables. Uh, topics of creative society, topics of uh, the conference and issues that was raised on this conference. So everyone who want to join us, please visit alatreunites.com or you can send us mail on info at alatre.org. Please um, just um, visit our website and see for yourself what can you do, how can you contribute to, to, the, to the world and to the moral community. Thank you very everyone. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Goodbye.